This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Always glad to have this young lady back. Of course, she's a member of the family, and you'll see her on Newsmax. You'll read her stuff in the Daily Caller. It's Cray News with Kay on a Tuesday. Kay Smythe. Kay, how are you? I'm great, Joe. How are you doing? We're doing great. You see, I can't, I can't let the people see what we talk about beforehand because the fact is you're from there, but I speak the language better. I speak English better than you. In, in Wales, you guys just screw it up on purpose? Is that what it is? Okay, so I'm going to give you some leniency here, okay, go ahead. Joe. Go ahead. Even though you're being a racist. I'm not being a racist. You're not a racist against the Welsh. But you're not alone. You're not alone. <laughs> I have one of my editors over at the Daily Caller. I'm going to call him out by name, Eric Lieberman. He will hit me up at least two or three times a week and okay. be like, I didn't know what this phrase, this word why you choose to just write hospital, not the hospital, until I realized, like, he realized that I was having to, I speak in my head in Wenglish. I then have to type in British <laughs> English and then remind myself I live in America and convert it to this version of English that y'all created. Okay, so well, hold on a second. Adopted. There are a couple of things where you guys get it completely wrong. Who goes to hospital? It is the hospital. It is a place. It needs an article. I don't know what the hell you people are doing. And, like, uh, I was watching Culture Club back in the 80s, and for some reason, because it was a BBC production, they said Culture Club R, and then they started naming the group. No, no, Culture Club is. It's one thing. Culture Club is a band. Why do you, why do you act like it's plural? It's not. Stop it. <laughs> I think we just make it up as we go along, to be honest with you. Like, I know I certainly do. Like, I, especially now, like, uh, my, my boyfriend has, like, a very deep, thick southern accent. And okay. so the other day, Joe, I was so embarrassed. I said tomato instead of tomato. And okay. he called me out on it. And I was like, I'm just going to go what? crawl in this hole over here. I'm, I'm so sorry. sorry. He, he called you out for it. not using your traditional original accent and making him feel more comfortable with his southern drawl by saying tomato, and he got mad at you for not saying tomato. No, I don't think John has the ability to get angry about anything, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> he was more like, oh, I've influenced you. And I was like, wow. I've lived wow. here for a year. Like, Everyone's influenced me, wow. so I can understand them. So, so I mean, literally, you can say anything in your native accent and language and probably get away with it, even if it's wrong, is what you're saying. Oh, 99% of the time. Sometimes I say stuff that I know is factually inaccurate, and people don't <laughs> correct me because they but, think, oh, well, she's got a British accent. We better but never not. on my show, right? No, no, no. I was, watching, I was watching the UK uh, from The Apprentice from the UK. And um, somebody said watermelon, and it just it made me laugh because I'm like, you, you told me. All I have to say in America is watermelon, and people, say, please say it for the people. Watermelon. That is not how you say it. That's how I say it, watermelon. Watermelon, exactly right. Uh, it's Kay Smythe. Uh, she is from Wales. 
don't call her British because she's not. She's from Wales. She is UK-ish, though. They're in the UK. Let, let's talk about uh, the guy up to the north. So I'm watching this piece of video from Justin Trudeau, who's just an idiot. And, and I'm watching this video, and what I noticed is, now that we're talking about speech patterns and about language, that he speaks like Obama. And I'll give you an example. What we have to do is we have to be very, very careful with the winter coming and the winter weather means more people will be inside, indoors, and while indoors, that could, in fact, mean more infections. And if we have more infections, we would have more COVID. So to avoid the restrictions, more COVID and more infections would bring, be sure you're boosted. Okay, I don't know if that's annoying to you. Just my own self doing it just now was really annoying. But guess who else talks like that? Pete Buttigieg. You've got um, Obama, of course. Does Exactly right. These people, it's like they went to the WEF speech pattern school. And if you speak like a child or like you're speaking to a child and you take big, long pauses, nobody will interrupt you. Now, of course, I could have done that with an Obama. Uh, You know, uh, COVID, uh, winter, infections in your country. So, and again, I'm like, what are they doing? Is that effective? Is slow talking, is that even a thing where you're from? Because they think that's effective. And unfortunately, Obama proved even changing his cadence, changing his slang, changing his language, changing his tempo really did work for him. And I don't think it works as well for Trudeau. He's clearly an idiot. But Obama perfected it, and they're all trying to do that. Is that something that's effective in, in your native tongue as well or no? So everyone where I'm from speaks disgustingly fast, like to the point where I'll be on the phone with my family and I'll be like, hiya, how are you? How's your day going? Oh, is that right? Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm a good one then. Oh, all right then. Um, wow. That's how we all talk to one another. Wow. But I kind of went out of my way to stop listening to the likes. I mean, you know how I feel about Boris Johnson and pretty much anyone in political leadership in yes. the UK, other than my local councilman back in Swansea, where I'm from, I don't like British politicians. I don't think that would work. My dad did do an amazing impression of the new British Prime Minister, Liz Truss, where he's just like, this is Liz Truss, right? When she's faced with any kind of issue. It's like, hey, Liz, how are you going to fix the economy? She goes, tax breaks. Oh, oh, tax breaks. How are we going to fix the NHS? Oh, oh, tax breaks. Let's do some tax breaks. What is that? And so, yeah, that's just, that's being Liz Truss. So, you know, we have, we have a lot of fun sort of taking the mick, as we call it, taking the mickey out of, uh, out of British politicians. But no, I don't know what the inclination is with the left to speak like this. I think it's just speaking to the closest common denominator within their sort of like inner circle. Like one of my friends said to me recently, I thought this was so spot on. She was like, most of DC is run by people who are so power hungry, psychotic and manipulative that they're the only ones that can stand to be there. And they think that everyone else beneath them is stupid. So maybe that's why. Maybe these are just the people who have, quote unquote, survived D.C. Same thing happens in L.A. It's just like if you want to deal with that kind of toxicity, be my guest. It's not really for me. But these people look so down on so many, particularly on the left. He's he's speaking 
as if we're all in nursery school. He's speaking as yeah. if we're little children have to have our hands held. Now, the difference be- between what Trudeau's doing and what China's doing is not that stark as you might think. Now, Trudeau mm-hmm. has said he wants to be more like China because if the economy's bad, you can just be a dictator and fix it. He's actually said these words. There's video out there that we can show, and it does show that. Um, mm-hmm. But he literally, in a roundabout way, in the Obama tongue, said, I'm going to put restrictions on your ass again if you don't take the shot that I say you have to take. Now, conversely, in China, they had like 114 cases, and suddenly, and because of an earthquake, and you can elaborate on this, they've suddenly said, you can't go anywhere. They did this to Shanghai, to like 26 million people at some point, you know, six, eight months ago. They're doing it again, aren't they? They are. Um, So I wrote a story today. There was a massive earthquake. Well, okay, it wasn't a massive earthquake. This is what a lot of people don't understand about earthquakes, okay? If you get a 6.6 earthquake, I've been in a 6.6 earthquake. The house shook slightly, but it was a very deep earthquake, very low down in the Earth's crust, and um, it was on top of a like a pretty flexible soil type, right? Not to the point where things are going to collapse into themselves, but to the point where we're not getting devastation. Now, this earthquake yesterday, it was a 6.6. It struck very shallow, so only about 10 kilometers in depth. And it was right up towards the Tibetan plateau in the Sichuan province. So what you've got there, especially there's been a lot of drought, and then we had a lot of heavy rainfall. So that creates, you know, landslides. You've got um, very unstable soil. So that's obviously going to offset foundations. Joe, they're in lockdown all over China right now. China will have like 10 minutes of freedom. And then it's like, oh, oh, we think someone might have COVID. So let's destroy the lives of like upwards of 30 million plus people by locking them in their homes. I honestly think they're doing it to kind of cull off the population yeah. at this point. Okay, oh, okay. I'm, I'm going to put this out there. The WEF and people like Soros and people like the radical left that we're dealing with today, they are trying to depopulate the, the globe. They're trying to. Um, these people through, let's push more abortions through a, let's, let's release this gain of function enabled virus and kill a bunch of people. Let's kill all the people in the nursing homes by putting COVID patients in the nursing homes. I mean, I can uh, case after case, example after example, there is no really good argument against what I just said. This is a move to depopulate and China doesn't seem to care. They've got 1.6 billion people. That's way too many people than to live on the resources they have. And, And obviously they're trying to, to cull uh, the ranks, as you said. So what do we do about that to educate people? Because people don't believe what I just said, and they probably don't believe you're agreeing, you're agreeing with me. No way somebody's that evil. They would just want to kill a bunch of people. But in fact, it's happening. Yeah, no, they absolutely are. That's, I mean, whatever you think the worst, most evil horror movie villain can do, the human mind is capable of it. And if you get a lot of very powerful people into one room who want a lot and want to maintain the status quo, which is literally impossible, we cannot keep going at this rate of consumerism. We cannot support this current rate of growth at the level we're at if we want to keep going, if everyone wants the same thing. I mean, there are ways to manage it, but it means a complete overhaul and upheaval of the entire planet, which would mean a lot of those people currently in charge would either lose billions, if not all of their money, 
or they would essentially lose all of their power. So what are they going to do? They're going to get rid of as many people as possible so they can monopolize as much control. Let's put it this way, Joe. If this, if the people in control of this country actually cared about the others who live here, the people who vote for them, the people who decide that they have a job, we would have addressed the fentanyl poisoning. It's not an overdose crisis. The fentanyl poisoning crisis at its root. We would have even greater sanctions on China. There would be no open border. We would have never let Purdue go as far as they did with the opioid crisis. Oxycontin would be a schedule one narcotic and anyone in like possession of it would be in prison. We would have mental health facilities. We wouldn't be emptying our prisons. I said this when we first met Joe and this is me. Everyone calls me like I literally got called a conspiracy nut this weekend after speaking data, facts and science on live freaking television. We are faced with a leadership who cannot manage the number of us that there are. The easiest way to get rid of us is to either take a lot of action to make us want to die, and that's why mental health is one of the leading causes of death right now, but they would also let these pandemics run rife or wouldn't let these pandemics run rife as they have with fentanyl, like as they did with the opioid crisis. No, I agree with you. A hundred... 110,000 Americans die of this poisoning every year, and nobody's doing anything about it, which means they're okay with it. Um, Mm -hmm. We've got people who are not being the gender that they are, the human sex that they are, because that means less reproduction. But but what do you make of a guy like Elon Musk, who who says, we're we're nowhere near as many people we should have, and we should have more babies? What, What do you make of a guy like that? He's got 10, so maybe that's why he's saying it, but he literally thinks that the world is nowhere near, um, you know, the capacity it could have, and we should keep on making more babies. I think that he he's not wrong. Here's the thing I will say. Elon Musk is not wrong. We can keep creating. We can take over this planet. Now, there's always going to be a cost to benefit ratio. You know, it's going to be the difference between like one of the things I'm dealing with a lot these days, Joe, is working with like people in the Gen Z generation um, who there's a little bit of helicopter parenting there, a little bit of snowflakiness. I don't know about you, but like I know what it's like to be hungry. I know what it's like to zero out my bank account and rebuild from scratch. A lot of these people don't want to do that. They want to have their Amazon Prime same-day delivery, but they don't want to work potentially a 40- to 60-hour work week to support it. So I think if we put in the work and if we really build that restructure, we can still live in a very highly functioning capitalist society built with some of the greatest intellectuals of our time without having to kill off millions and millions of people, but, but 50 billions of people. But, but it's hard. We're disincentivizing people from working. That's the thing. I mean, I, I used to work at 95, 100 hours a week. I didn't care. I was out of work two weeks in my adult life. Since I was 12, I've been working, and I'm 56 now, two weeks I was out of work. And I never collected a benefit. I never collected an entitlement. And I'm not here to beat up people who are collecting that, but it should be a bridge. It should be a very, very temporary yeah. thing. And go your ass back to work. But we have... Through COVID, and again, there were so many tentacles to, to, to this thing, locking people down, uh, mandating shots, uh, stopping people from going to school, and don't worry about going to work. Here's more money than you were making at work, so all the businesses closed down. This is about controlling the people, and that's the way that they did that through this. It's Casemythe. Go to Casemythe.com, S-M-Y-T-H-E. Go to Casemythe.com. We're, we're almost out of time because that was really great, but I still want to uh, very quickly, um, Harry Styles, I don't get it. I'm not really sure why he's the big deal that he is. Guy can sing, and he was in One Direction or whatever. Um, but I guess he spit on Chris Pine, his his co-star in some movie. What happened here? 
I mean, this is this is an entire segment unto itself, Joe. Yeah, this video's come out. It looks like, we don't know for sure, but it looks like Harry Styles literally gobs in Chris Pine's lap, just like straight kind of Ew. thing. Um, Olivia Wilde, the film's director. So this is the new movie, Don't Worry, Darling, which has some of the worst ratings of all time. Um, she's getting in trouble for lying about something potentially... You know, Chris Pine, who I think is probably just exhausted by celebrity in general at this point. Like, he's so overly successful. What else does he need? Right. Um, Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles might be dating. I don't know whether beef came with Chris Pine and Harry Styles. But there is a video. I watched it. And I, I personally am convinced that Harry Styles spat in Chris Pine's lap. And honestly, I don't have any respect for actors at this point in my life. I thought it was absolutely hysterical. I was like, just spit on each other. All of you, just spit on each other. It's so funny to us. Like, you're supposed to be entertainers, right? Entertain. I'm, I'm not entertained. I don't find it entertaining. I don't, I, don't, I don't find, you know, hawking loogies at each other to be entertaining. But, but God bless you if you do. <laughs> Uh, I'm almost out of time. As I said, Jennifer Lawrence is a little nutty. I hear somebody yeah. who reads the words of somebody else and has convinced herself that that makes her a rocket scientist. She has decided that uh, J.D. Vance is a bad word that we can't say. And also that because her parents are Republicans or somebody in her life is Republican, um, she doesn't understand how they don't want their daughter to have equal rights. I don't know what that means. Uh, why, why do we focus attention, here I am bringing it up, on people like Jennifer Lawrence who we don't really know anything about who they are other than the characters that they act. I don't know why we give them attention. I think that there is so much money pushed into giving them attention that that's the only reason why we do it. Mass psychological manipulation is very easy. Like anyone out there who's looking to mass manipulate the global, the national public, I can teach you how to do it. It's really not that hard. Is it ethical? Absolutely not, unless right. you're doing it for good. That doesn't and seem to matter. I don't see anything that Hollywood does for good. So I guess she got like a Vogue cover and ran her mouth. And she's there complaining about like, it's just that classic thing, Joe, where people with more money have less sense. Yes. And they shame people for their beliefs and their feelings instead of listening to them. It's disgusting, but welcome to Hollywood. Check her out on Newsmax TV, everything she writes in the Daily Caller, and go to CaseMinds.com. Kay, thank you. I appreciate you. You're the best, Joe. Thank you. No, no, you're the best. We're back after this. No, stay, you... r- stay right here. <laughs> this is the Joe Pag Show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Glad to have you. Thanks a lot for being here. We've got time for some pop culture. Bye. Hi, Polo. Make it happen, brother. So did you see this story about your boys, Ben Stiller and Sean Penn? I did not. What did my boys do? They're, uh, they've been permanently banned from entering Russia 
the Kremlin uh, announced that today. I'm sorry, they announced it on Monday. Uh, there's uh, just, I guess, a list among 23 other United States citizens that are newly barred from entering the country. Did they want to go there? I don't know, but they're not allowed now. Really, really stupid. All right. Appreciate you, Polo. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Sam. Uh, Kerry, see you tomorrow, hopefully. I'm Joe. We'll see you later. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show.